Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to another one of Onletica's customer chats. And today I'm delighted to be joined uh, by two people from Evanti. Um, so we've got Jamie Whalen, the Director of Social Strategy, and Sal Vivros, the um, Head of Global Corporate Communications um, and Risk Comms. So a very warm, warm welcome to both of you, if I can say that, on a Friday. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Aren't you lucky we turned up on a Friday, right, most people? <laughs> exactly. I, I was expecting, I'm sure everyone's you know having a bit of downtime on a Friday and is listening to this. Um, you should get a lot of inspiration in terms of B2B influence marketing. So um, for all the listeners out there, please you know, say hello um, and tell us where you're uh, tuning in from. Um, and and would love to hear any questions if you if you want to post them on the comments and I'll put them to Sal and Jamie and keep them on their toes. Um, <laughs> so just to kick off, um, Jamie, it would be lovely to understand a bit about your background and and also how you got into influencer marketing because it's not always something that that people sort of choose to do for years and years. It tends to be that people kind of fall into it. So it would be amazing to hear your journey uh, of how you've arrived. Um, doing influence marketing. Yeah, of course. So a little of my background, I am Boston based. So I'm, um, you know, really happy I've been here for a while. We li I lived out in California for a couple of years as well. But um, I actually started um, in my career really actually um, at a small startup that worked with Roald Dahl. So I used to do a lot of editorial work and always content, content um, and social kind of stuff, right? Throughout my career, I worked with a lot of different companies. We're always in marketing. Um, and I always loved the potential we had, right, of great content amplification of it, right? But um, as I knew in my career really early on, great content is just great content without the right kind of effort and amplification aspect behind it, right? It's I've created every piece of content. I've written the blog. I've been up all night correcting things and making it perfect to, you know, have, come up to the morning and going, well, is it going to get out there? Are people going to hear my voice? You know, and it was such a, a core component, I think, of, you know, the startup where I was. Um, that as I grew in my career, I worked with a couple of different agencies and different tech companies. And that was something that was really important to me is how do I amplify great content and really raise a brand's awareness? Um, and that's really where influencer marketing was kind of that next level, that next step, right? It's, it's great, like I said, to have great content, but I've been the content creator. I've, you know, been that person from day one. Um, both my degrees are in journalism, right? I've written every single thing. And for me, the next level of that is making sure that the right people know how amazing the content you have is. So influencer marketing was that next step, right? giving our brand kind of that voice it deserved um and i really think it's just probably the writer in me i just want to make sure that that voice is heard and right now the voice i think is really important um is really the avanti brand voice so yeah, a little bit uh, about no. me. <laughs> thank you so much for that intro and i guess um, all those late nights i mean hopefully now you can you can leverage influences and, and then and then they amplify it and you can get some more sleep <laughs> I don't I don't know about that Tim I've got three kids so sleep is a, a thing that uh, yeah. kind of comes and goes it depends on the week yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of kids so I I, I can totally uh, understand that uh, at the moment um Sal um yeah, yeah would we, we, love to know a bit, bit about your background and I know you've been doing influence marketing for um quite a number of years now it would, yeah. would be really interesting to hear how how you stumbled across it or chose it yeah, so so my background is uh, luckily I grew up in California where there was a ton of startups, so had got really good experience with a couple of small startups that grew largely, and then uh, I started my main career at McAfee doing security. So started out in product management, then product marketing, 
then comms, uh, so kind of all kinds of roles. Uh, and it was there that I first started learning kind of testing influencer marketing, uh, really trying to see if there was, really the, the goal was to find an authentic way to reach new audiences and really trying to identify who of these influencers were reaching the people I wanted to get to that I couldn't necessarily get to. Uh, but it wasn't really till AWS and, and then obviously working with Analytica that we started to put a real program together. Uh, and there I really started the, the influencer program for all of EMEA uh, for AWS. And so it really grew as a pretty good program. Um, and since then I brought that program over to Avanti um, and then we've just kickstarted at the beginning of the year. So I've been here, what, just over seven months. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we're just starting to grow the program here. Uh, but again, I've seen huge value in, in leveraging influencers. Yeah, great, thank you so much. And, and would you say that the program emanated from uh, from real business problems of not being able to reach those new audiences? Or would you say that it just emanated from uh, the evolved nature of marketing, just trying to optimize and trying something new? Yeah, so so for me, it was the, the media landscape was changing, all right? So we were seeing a huge change in how people were taking on information, what information they were bringing, what they were looking at. Um, so social media became much more important. Uh, and what we found is some of the influencers we were trying to work with had larger reach, better engagement with some of our core targets. So I was really trying to, to understand what was happening in the market and the influencers was that ideal place, right? They had authenticity, they had engagement, and really they were targeted. So, you know, again, with the B2B influencers, you know, there are certain of our influencers that are really, really, I guess, have credibility within security or whatever market they play in. And it's really important to get in front of those people uh, and really build those relationships. So, yeah. so it, was, it was the observation of some of the metrics and and just knowing that things were evolving and just trying to, trying to keep up with the with the kind of latest you know to 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 be able to drive the impact exactly right yeah i think it was that i i also think too you know we wanted that humanistic touch right people don't want to talk to robots they want to talk to people right they wanted that you know that connection um i think that there's something that's really beautiful that you know all day long right as these different kind of channels are changing there's monetization that you're dealing with there's paid ads there's so many things right consistently algorithms that are changing as an influencer part, though, that's a connection, right? That's a connection that we can start to build. Um, it's something that will change, yes, and evolve, but I think in a different form. Um, and I think it's more of a relationship than something that we do on a day-to-day. -day. And I, I like that so much more to me. Um, maybe it's because I'm a people person, so maybe that's kind of where it stems from. But I think there's something so more powerful when someone really believes in your brand um, and is authentic and can have that human touch uh, versus just a kind of a play on a paid approach. Yeah, it's extremely powerful, isn't it? And and just hearing both of you talk about it, I mean, I think anyone would be sold on the concept. I'd love to, I'd love to understand um, your journey in terms of educating senior management and the kind of reputation that influencer marketing has internally. Because, yeah, you know, and I think you were talking about it, Sal, when you were in comms, you know, you were looking at influencer marketing, and sometimes the word influencer and marketing when people are in comms roles and they think about influences as B2C uh, plays can obviously be problematic internally with how people explain the programs and the benefits. So I would love to hear at Avanti um, how influencer marketing is viewed internally and also how you talk about the program when you're talking to senior management. 
Um, Sal, you can start in this one or I can. Um, I do know that. So we have a, a term. I'm sure it's going to be coined after this. So um, I'm sure our uh, CMO is going to love this one, Melissa. Um, but we have a term inside called um, business to human, right? B to H, right? Not just a B to C, not just a B to B, you know, those kind of terms. She really wants to have a business to human touch, right? So when we even think about influencers, we always think about how our business operates, right? What's the story of the business and the actual culture we have here, right? So for us, when we actually had the strategy, we kind of sold it to the executives, right? And explained to them how important and integral this was. We really kind of made sure that we foundationally had a strategy behind it that made sense to them. And to them, it was about that, really reaching that human touch, right? Um, what we do is so important on a day-to-day, but I think it's really important as we evangelize it and get the right people that it makes sense to the brand. So when Sal and I got together, I mean, created their beautiful deck, right? Um, as anyone who works in marketing, you know, they've been in, I, I call it not deck hell, but deck deck moments where you're just like, what deck is it that you need from me and what version, you know? Um, and I uh, remember- On slide when, 58 <laughs> or 60. The <laughs> eyes are bleeding and you're like, I need to be more creative. What can I get? Um, yeah. yeah, especially um, when especially when you might have five or ten minutes only to present it because you don't know where they're going to turn up late or or anything like that. So um, exactly, exactly. And we were a little sneaky. I'm not going to lie in the way that we presented it, and not sneaky in a way. It was we made it you know make sense to them and why it was important not only for the the brand health but you know the holistic health of everyone, right? And how it would raise everyone's awareness. Um, so when we really created their strategy as well as other strategies within the business, influencer marketing was always a part of it. It was you know, a tactic that could really help us reach that KPI we were trying to inform. So I think that was honestly one of the core concepts, right, Sal, that helped us really evolve this. And when we actually had a conversation with them, they'd already been hearing about it, right? So it wasn't something new. It was already something that they had heard about um, in past conversations. And then this was now a tactic that we needed to utilize to achieve what we were trying to kind of hit from a business goals perspective. So for us, it was kind of a soft sell right in the background a little bit, you know, making sure that it was always part of that bigger um, plan. And then we really worked on the, you know, the kind of other plans, right, that was always part of it. So I think it's, it's really making sure that it's conversational, right, that it's not something new to them, that it makes them feel comfortable. Um, and then you really go in with really adequate numbers and what you're trying to achieve and how it will really help the business, not just what it will do itself. How will it help the business goals and how will we reach that together? So I think that's really how I think I I was kind of really able to do that. And once we got that, honestly, it was like this autonomy for our team that felt really great. Um, Sal, I think you and I can both say that it's just it's a beautiful connection. It's like this kumbaya, right? Because once they see the the opportunity, you know, it has then it's a really good space. And I think to be honest though, Sal um, really led a great opportunity with the Ever Workplace Report we did recently, Tim. And it was a great example, right? Of showing them the value of it, you know, presenting the strategy to them and then seeing that strategy come to life um, with the influencers we utilize. So I really think that's how we sold it. Um, you know, we showed the opportunity, we showed, you know, the proven results. Uh, well, we were able to show the proven results. Um, and now I think, I don't know if we can do it without it, to be quite honest. I think it's going to be hard to kind of do it without that as a tactic. So, yeah. And, and I mean, luckily, I had convinced Melissa, our, our CMO, on the value of, of influencer marketing. And so, again, I, I was able to show the metrics that we, we'd achieved, you know, together at AWS, you know, taking from a from a 40% share of voice during a time period to 70% share of voice when we were influ- or using key influencers. I mean, when you have those kinds of numbers, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty easy business case. Uh, but additionally, you know, again, you know, like Jamie said, 
it's the human touch. You know, we do want to be, you know, business to human because at the end of the day, you may be a CIO, you may be a CTO, but you're always going to be human. So if you can get kind of that, that human touch in there, and really that's where influencers help you, right? They have that credibility, they have that engagement, they have the trust from their followers. So really trying to, you know, it wasn't super hard convincing them once we showed them the business case. Uh, and now, you know, there's there's a whole program for for our executive leadership team. So it's great. Yeah. yeah and, I, sorry, go, go for it, Jamie. No, I was going to say the one other thing that happened through it too, really, which was kind of exciting is that relationship building that we were able to do with with one of our executives. So we'd had one executive that was supposed to do something. They were not able to do it. And another executive stepped in and um you know, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but it was kind of felt like a dating game, right? So not every influencer connection is going to work, right? Um, or it's not always going to, you know, pan out, but we were able to really pivot really quickly. Um, shout out to one of my favorite shows. No, um, so pivot. Uh, no, but once you're able to pivot, we were able to get another executive. We were able to get them that visibility also, right? And get them to connect to someone that they didn't even know about. And now they're having conversations, you know, they're going back and forth. They're, they have a podcast and a Twitter chat, things that, you know, just feels so much more realistic. Um, so I also say, you know, when you're starting it too, make sure that you have a couple different options, you know, um, and make sure that you can pivot quickly and don't get discouraged, you know, because something that could seem bad will actually could be a really good thing in a different way, you know. Um, so for us, it was really great because we were able to have a connection with an influencer who was so wonderful that to prove it to the executive was a great thing. But when we got them connected, it was just a beautiful thing. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just it um and and we have something coming up with them too, and it was just now they're talking back and forth, and I mean that's the perfect connection. That's what you want to have happen, and you know, we were able to do it basically because we made the right connections, you know, in that right relationship. That you know they went on that second date, and it worked out really well. So I think uh, I think it's important to say that too, right? That you it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time, you know, and it's a relationship you're building versus. Uh, like I said, you know, pay by play or, you know, a paid approach. It's a very different type of mental approach um, that you have that business to human that we're kind of, you know, talking about. And I think, you know, we utilize it every day and we talk to all of our influencers that that's really what we want to have, you know, holistically as a goal. So, so uh, I love a number of things you've said. Uh, and Harold Sinners is, uh, has, has joined uh, the conversation. I know that he's someone that both of you uh, know. So, uh, hey, Harold. And there's uh, um, some other comments from Joel hey, and Naringa. Um, I, I love what you've just both said because influence marketing has been heard by a lot of CMOs, a lot of senior management. Uh, obviously, it's a term that people are familiar with, but they don't quite know how to connect it to the business goals. So I love it that, first of all, there was a uh, that there was a mantra of business to human where it could play and align so well with that. But then you were obviously able to bring data as well and then prove the relationships, not just on a influencers promoting some really great content that you're um, or creating and promoting content that you've you produced, um, but also the relationship with senior execs because they get to see the kind of personal relationship and they've got the anecdotes as well. Um, because I think 40% to 70% share of voice is, is amazing for a CMO, but once they actually meet some of the influencers, I think that really sort of drives at home that they can sort of see exactly how that can evolve you know, throughout the whole journey. So I think you've you basically combined all of that you know, into your conversations, which I think is really impressive. Um, we're tr we're and, trying it. We're trying yeah, we, it. We're, right? so it's we're it's trying. an ongoing program. 
Yeah, but but I think a lot of people struggle with this. So I, I think that that's you know part of why I do these customer chats is is to try and sort of stop and help people look back in terms of what they've achieved because there are a lot of brands you're know, trying to fight for like why influence marketing and you know there's just so many benefits to it but you know if people are just trying to do leads for example then they're just measuring uh leads and sometimes all of the other sort of quantitative and qualitative benefits of influence marketing get get lost yeah. um you know and so years later they start talking about how how they should have built the brand up um and sometimes that has been lost along the way with obviously the sort of quarterly budget cycles so um i think that's really impressive what you've what you've done there can you can you tell a us a bit about the um, about your program. I know that there's the um, I know that there's the the big piece of research that you're that, that you pushed out, um, yeah. which went down extremely well. There's obviously the executive leadership team. Um, there's hundreds of influencers you're tracking and looking at some of the insights there. Could you talk a bit about the the program components and how it works? Yeah, so I'll start this one and then Jamie can jump in. Uh, so yeah, so so you know, again, as you know, we, we started the program, you know, and and one thing I recommend is it, to anyone who's thinking about jumping in, start small. Uh, pick a number of core influencers that you want to work with and try to build out those relationships. Trying to expand too quickly with too many relationships, like it becomes challenging and you kind of lose attention to, to some of them. Uh, but we recently launched our Everyone Workplace Report. And so we, we really targeted four core uh, influencers to partner with us. And as part of this, they fed into the, the overall research, into the report, um, they, and then they also helped amplify it. Additionally, we did a broadcast media tour where we used our influencers like Harold uh, to be part of that. So they were part of the TV and radio interviews that we did. Uh, and with the satellite media tour, we reached 40 million viewers on the various news channels that we were part of. So it's really making sure that there's benefit for not only the organization, but the influencer, uh, making sure that, that you know, it's, it's a partnership that works for both. Uh, additionally, with that same kind of outreach, um, from the, the websites, we had uh, 691 million potential views from that. So the numbers are huge from these types of opportunities. But again, one of the main reasons we were able to get these TV interviews because we offered someone from Avanti and an influencer. So we had a balanced story. Uh, so again, the, there's opportunities are huge. I'll let Jamie talk about the, the rest of the program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't do without Sal, though. I think Sal is, you know, he's really helped this program, right? He really makes sure that we're looking and thinking about everything in a different format, not just one-sided, which I think is the most beautiful thing, too, about this game, right? Influencer marketing. And I, I push all the programs that I work on, right? It's to really close your eyes and think of every potential opportunity here, right? Not just one. Don't just think about a podcast with that influencer. Don't just think about them liking something. Don't just think about one. Think about it as every possible opportunity that could possibly happen, right? Um, and it could be now, it could be a year from now, it could be another opportunity. Um, but that's what I love to challenge. I, uh, one of the reps we work with, Joel, um, who is awesome, he, you know, I ask him all the time and I push him all the time on things, right? I, I really wanna make sure that we're always thinking through every single opportunity. Uh, you know, we're doing something coming up and it's always thinking about every single opportunity with this influencer so that it does feel like that, a relationship. It doesn't feel like a, hey, we had this really nice chat and then, you know, maybe we'll talk to you again. I want it to feel, you know, back and forth. So I think that's something that's really important to me. And, um, you know, Sal's been really great about thinking about all these things too, right? So I think it's really great to have a team with different ideas too to make sure that your influencer program is successful. 
um, it's that differences of each other, right, that really help make sure that it, it is optimized to its full extent. Um, but to your point, and I know your full question, Tim, was really about the different programs we have that run for our influencers. So we do have kind of um, one that we're running really, it's part of our executive leadership team type program, right? So it's a really core component of what we're doing. Um, there's some really great backend stuff. I won't completely talk about all the details, but it's something that's really important to our brand because once you can raise, um, you know, your executive leadership teams, you know, their presence, right, and their brand value and their brand health, as we like to call it, right, from a back-end kind of analytics perspective, I'm sure we've all seen that, right, then you can really start to raise your own brand's health, right, and they start to believe in it and start to engage in it, and before you know it, it's this beautiful kind of back and forth that you just wouldn't naturally have, right, so we're starting to help build that for them, and, and you know, I think it's a really beautiful kind of experience for us. Um, because we're not just thinking one, you know, linear kind of thing. We're thinking holistically in different parts and different kind of components of the influencer program. To your point, Tim, I think when you think of an influencer program, think about that. Think about the different areas, right, within your business that could utilize it. Um, and think big, you know, don't think small, don't think one little thing you're going to do. Think about all of the opportunities and write them down and then work with someone amazing like Joel and say, how is this going to happen, Joel? How are we going to make this happen? Um, from like a Jerry Maguire perspective, right? Help me help you, right? And and we'll all make it work. Because I do love that movie, right? So I think I use this quote all the time. They're going to start paying me, I swear to God. No, but um, in, in all you know, actuality, I really do believe that, right? Uh, I think it's about us challenging each other too, Tim, right? You're, you're on Analytica team challenging our team, right? And saying, are you thinking about everything, every opportunity? Joel has helped us really think through different things too that we wouldn't naturally have thought through. Um, and we really appreciate that. So I think that's something that really has helped our programs succeed um, because it's not just one person in that team. It's all of us playing together um, and, and thinking the best. So I think that's really helpful as well. But I think those are amazing points. And we're going to try and get as many film quotes in as possible. Jamie's going to do that. Um, I think it by herself. Um, I don't know enough film quotes, so I'm not going to contribute to that. But I, I love I, I love everything that you're saying. and 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 with with the largest global tech brands, there's often a challenge with who owns the program and that there's someone in employee advocacy, there's people in exec comms, which are you know exec assistants contributing to that, or comms are owning the exec comms, and um, you know what is digital or social comms you're doing in influencer marketing and and you know what's the crossover? Is it account-based marketing or is it more kind of brand awareness? Is it trying to drive leads? There's all these kind of problems and sort of nuances internally. It seems like both of you have got this pretty centralized where you can start looking at, you know, what more could we be doing or where could the program feed into, which is, which is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I mean, so as part of our planning process, luckily... I handle PR, AR, and social media, so it can be more integrated, I think, than definitely than it was at AWS. Um, you know, there there was a constant component of how much, how many leads are we driving through the the funnel, and and here we're outside of that kind of area. We obviously assist with that, uh, but again, it, I think you know anyone who's thinking of doing it just be aware that, you know, it should be part of of everyone's marketing mix, whether it sits in you know the the lead generation or in communications or wherever it sits, um, there's just real value from from working with these influencers, especially if you want authentic 
interactions. Again, that whole, you know, B to H, you know, business to human. Um, because again, these these influencers already have that relationship with their followers. You know, they've followed them for a reason. They trust them. They have credibility. Uh, and it, that's that's so difficult to have in this today's market. Uh, and it, again, it reaches places where you, your standard marketing mix may not reach or it may enhance that. Um, so, you know, it's I think it's important for any organization to, if they haven't started a program to start looking at it. Yeah, yeah, we've that, also. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Tim. Well, I, uh, Jamie, I was just going to ask you because uh, you were so focused on the long-term relationships, and 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 I love that because a lot of brands are focused on the quick wins and the kind of three-month campaigns. And I I wanted to I wanted to ask you about how you have got that buy-in for long-term um, your partnership building uh, internally, and also. You mentioned starting off with a handful of influences, but I know you're looking to scale that up. What you think is going to be required to to scale up to you know engage you know maybe thirty influences in the future, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. I I do want to hit one point, and then I will definitely go into that. I, I know Sal, you hit a thing, and so did you, Tim, about employee advocacy, right? Um, it's a core component, actually. Of you know, I you know you said Tim, kind of yes, we get it all under one. Um, we also manage our brand employee advocacy program here, right? So a core component of it, for every example, we have something coming up, we have our employees invested in it as well, right? So helping to really extend that reach. So I definitely wanted to add that. Um, if you are thinking of the program, right, think about that too as well, right? And think about your employee advocates as also influencer advocates. You know, maybe that's a, I don't know, a new thing to think about, but I think of it that way too, right? Anything that we're working with them, right? They've become kind of part of our family, I would call it, right? So um, now our employees should also advocate for it. So I think that's something that, you know, we're starting to really bake in. I know we only started a few months ago and, um, you know, we have so much further to go, but I definitely would say, you know, as you're thinking about that too, um, and, you know, obviously it's going to run through your social team or your PR team or where it's going to run through, make sure that your employee advocacy program is also supporting that, um, that they're aware of what your influencers are doing, because I think that's a core component as well. Once people are on board, you're going to build so many more relationships. And Tim, to your point, how I think we're going to scale is this. Um, I explained to my you know, executives, we think about really starting to follow and think about different types of influencers. And I say it in this simple term, you know, you go buy an ad, right? And you see something and you're like, yeah, that's great. But you go buy an ad and you engage with something. That's a very different conversation. And what I'm starting to do and really help them. And, and as we start to scale, really, Tim, is thinking of that, right? Instead of just scrolling through something and seeing normal conversations, you're going to start seeing meaningful conversations that are very, you know, integrated into your keyword objects, you know, objectives and, and things you're thinking about. Um, and that's what we're trying to build for that uh, kind of plan as well, right? So they feel like they're being supported. And all of a sudden, as I explained it to you, is they're going to see something that they wouldn't naturally have seen before. They're going to go, oh, wait, I should totally get involved in that. Oh, wait, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, even from an awareness perspective, that's going to really evolve, I think, our team. And I think that's how we're going to scale because, you know, you start small, you start showing them these small wins. I had actually one executive reach out the other day and they said, hey, I think I know this person. And they started to have, you know, a, you know, a conversation with me on Twitter and, and about this and that. And, you know, what should we do? And to me, I literally could have jumped out of my seat because I said, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. You know, that's the that's the things that are supposed to happen. Those are the moments that are supposed to happen because now you're going to start having this conversation and it's going to be more than just a small win. It's going to be, you know, a relationship. And to me, that's how I hope we scale is getting those small wins and then seeing it. 
Um, and then, you know, we'll just kind of keep going from there. But I think sky's the limit if we can get, you know, their buy-in and they can see that little win, you know? Yeah, I, I, I love that because obviously in the in the boardroom, when you're talking to senior management, it's all about maybe share a voice or talking about like awareness or top level engagement. But actually it's the stories, isn't it, that come out when exec some you know build these wonderful relationships with with peer you know external advocates and influencers and just you know, just get a real kick out of it and just kind of see how the world is is evolving and how communicate how they can communicate on a different level uh, and that's a really satisfying thing for the program isn't it because once it starts you know building impetus internally then you know if you can leverage you know, tens or hundreds or thousands of employees in that way, then, you know, that's, it, it's basically your army of content creators, isn't it? Back to your original <laughs> point, Jamie, of you, you staying up really, really late and like writing mm-hmm. copy and, and then thinking, how do we promote it? If the employees and influencers are creating content by themselves, then both of you can, can maybe, you know, can go on vacation more often <laughs> or, or um, sit, sit, sit back and, and watch the metrics go up. Um, yeah. At, yeah. Uh, but Sal, I know that you're a, a big advocate of the um, employees and external influences. And and what, what do you think it takes for this to become um, something that kind of happens naturally rather than being more programmatic? Well, I mean, once you start educating everybody the, the value of it, um, you know, becoming not only a brand ambassador, but the it's a personal brand thing. Um, and once you start kind of getting them in the habit, um, you can really see that's when like the organic growth really starts taking off. People start building their own relationships with their with influencers we may have not touched yet, right? And and educating them. So it just really is kind of that multiplier effect. Uh, and it's and it's again, you know, right now there's mo- a lot more credibility with many of these influencers than there are with some media outlets. Uh, and so really trying to understand that there's been a shift in the overall kind of where information comes from, um, I think it's it's important to know. Yeah, I think I think that last point that's really interesting how things have evolved over the past few years. And you talked about you being responsible for PR, AR, and social media um, in your role. How do you see the kind of landscape with journalists, analysts, and you know what a lot a lot of people say are quote unquote influencers? Um, how how do you see the kind of roles of these people? In terms of their impact and and whether they whether they act in a similar way or whether they they're kind of managed in a in a completely different way. Yeah, I think we we take a pretty similar take to all of them now. Um, you know, they're all important. They all have value. They all have different audiences. Um, but it, it's you know again, analysts. You know, people buy their reports. Reporters people subscribe to their publications, influencers get followed. So it's all similar, you know, it's making sure that that people don't ignore an important part of the mix. Um, because in my view, they're all equally as important to each other. Yeah. Have you got any thoughts on that? Uh, Jamie, in terms of uh, in terms of how, how you do, do you focus mainly on the influences and it's kind of separate people managing your journalists and analysts or or you know because a lot of people are kind of putting uh b2b influence marketing within analyst relations now and that's really something that has shifted i think in terms of people's um you know internal business units 
Yeah, I mean, so my role, I think, you know, more falls, I think under what kind of the more main focus, right, of what you said, right? So it's more kind of really initiating what the strategy is, and then helping to implement it. But I do see that it can be in different ways and in different kind of areas, for sure. Um, but I do see to Sal's point and in yours, the involvement of it, and you know, what they'll start to ask for, you know, you know, so when it when it does start to succeed in the sense of, they'll start seeing things in their feeds, right, that they want to be part of and want to initiate that conversation with. So I think that's kind of what I'm looking for as well. So in my role, I'm not only looking for the program to succeed, but also for the different, you know, parts of our program to succeed. And I think, Sal, you obviously oversee that larger part of how we kind of connect these pieces together, um, where I'm looking to make sure that we're not missing the pieces that we have started in the conversation per se. And, and I should just ask, because Joel mentioned, uh, uh, asked you a question in the comments, and because you were obviously um, uh, speaking uh, very fondly of him, so I thought I'd bring him up. Uh, he said, did you have any trouble convincing members of the ELT program that influence marketing would benefit them personally? Did I have any trouble? Um, to be quite honest, uh, I did not, but I set up separate meetings with all of them. Um, I had, you know, a deck all created, right, and ready for them. I had everything very well organized. Um, and then I also set up, I worked with Joel really closely to have um, some beautiful faces and names and, you know, have influencers part of the plan as we talked to them. But not only did I do that, um, what I had asked Joel to do was, you know, set me up with that to get them to be comfortable with it. But then, you know, that next step really is, you know, where are we going with this and where are we going to go? Um, so, I think it was really just, you have to make sure that you um, don't just have a meeting ad hoc. You don't just explain it to them. You know, yeah, you should do this, um, that you're prepared, that you have a deck um, that makes sense to them, you know, and that you lay out appropriately how it will really help um, engage the brand and themselves, you know, their own brand equity. I think it's really important that you, like I said, it's not an ad hoc conversation. This is a very um, important conversation. And if you do it wrong, it could go wrong, right? And they could say, no, I'm not going to do this. They have very little time. Think about that. I mean, the time they have is so minimal. I mean, you have to talk to one person to talk to another person to get, um, you know, fortunately, our executive team, though, is they are so responsive. And I have to say in other organizations, I've not always had that opportunity. So I've been very fortunate here. Um, but yeah, to Joel's point, it could have been a, it could have been a much harder game. But I think if you go in and you're very well organized, and you explain to them. And then one thing I did ask from Joel um, that I almost forgot, Joel, was when I explained to them, the one thing I wanted to make sure that was completely, completely important um, and very well done was exactly what things meant from your program, right? So when I presented to my executive leadership team, I asked Joel, I said, what does this score mean in your voice? What does Analytica think this score means from an engagement perspective, from you know a ranking perspective? Because let me tell you something, they already have 18 different questions in their head they're going to ask you. And if you can't answer the same way that Analytica answers, then I honestly don't have the business to be even working with you. I think it's important for me to make sure that I'm explaining the program appropriately, um, that we're working appropriately, and they can feel completely 100% comfortable within working within that program. So for me, that was something that I said to Joel, I said, I'm not actually going to speak to any of them until I know exactly what all of this stuff means. So, you know, and how I can really really deliver this so that it's successful. So yeah, I mean, that was a core component and we did a lot of back and forth, but I'd rather ask 18 billion questions and get that conversation right than to ask, you know, two and then for them to just be very ill, um, ill-educated on it and just pass it over. So that was something that was really important to us. But uh, I think that's very smart to, 
to first of all engage them one to one, but also to be prepared and 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 to be able to know the impact because a lot of a lot of people aren't familiar with 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 social media or the, the analytics that are just a lot of different scores. And it's also like what good looks like in the industry because they, they're obviously competitive with other people, right? You know, and uh, so I think that was very, uh, I think that was very smart. I think Joel was just fishing for another compliment to be honest. Um, <laughs> I but, think he uh, was too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we should move on. Um, I, I would, I would love to hear um, Sal, what you think, how you think the future of influence marketing is going to evolve over the next couple of years? Um, hopefully, your point about everyone being human um, is still true in a, in you know twenty years, and that people haven't been uh, um, <laughs> that we're not talking to robots or influence marketing has turned into something like that uh, way in the future. But um, what what do you think are the immediate trends? You know, either the channels in terms of creating content or or like how the practice is going to evolve because it's relatively nascent you know over the past like five or six years b2b influence marketing has really like been on the rise yeah i mean i i think it's it's only going to grow because i i do think it is it is nascent when i talk to some of my friends and other colleagues uh many of them don't have an influencer program yet um so you know they're they're quite surprised that you know you can have an, a pretty advanced influencer program and i think a lot of people confuse kind of influencer with the consumer influencers right the, the kardashians and those types of people um where you know there wouldn't be a natural fit for a business but you know again you know working with people like you know harold who like you said was on and, and others um, and, you know, and, and there's peggy peggy smedley is uh hey peggy uh, great to see you as well <laughs> yeah so so again working with those types of influencers that they, they have a very focused follower group and so again trying to identify those i think i think it's just going to become more specialized and again i expect it to keep growing in the next couple of years great and, and um jamie what about the what about the channels that you create content on because uh, you talked about this of tv and um, media so radio shows and you get getting your hundreds of millions of potential views obviously linkedin and twitter are two big channels for you how do you see things evolving with 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 the kind of medium in which you create content? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Sal does a lot more of the media stuff than I do. He handles kind of more of that side of things, but from like an actual social channel kind of perspective, I definitely, um, I see, you know, LinkedIn is obviously going to be always a core component of ours, right? Um, I see Instagram actually being really kind of a, a core component of what we really need to be more part of, right? So I think that that's something, um, and just evolving the dynamic of our content as well, right? When we work with influencers, not just thinking of a static um, kind of content, right? Um, it's really thinking dynamic. I want things that will really make sense to um, who we're evolving with. So that's where I feel like we're going to be going. Twitter is obviously also another component, but I really actually feel like Instagram is going to be kind of the more uh, deeper dive of what we're going to be kind of moving into from that perspective of a channel. And would you say TikTok for B2B is uh, is going to be really prominent? Are you using it or are you using that kind of content creation, but then promoting on LinkedIn? Uh, how's, how's that conversation gone down internally? Ah, TikTok. That's always a question. Um, you know, we're actually thinking of um, piloting almost a TikTok program, um, but it's going to be more for a humanistic touch, right, for a culture um, of kind of what we're thinking to pilot. But I think, you know, an influencer opportunity might be a good place there. Who knows? Um, I think it's also a, a good place for them to kind of speak to us or talk to us about culture or, you know, the ever workplace. There's a lot of different ways that we could evolve it. Um, 
but I, you know, I'm not really quite sure of how to utilize, you know, TikTok and influencer together. Um, so maybe we'll have to, we'll have to pick your uh, drill brain a little bit more so you guys can help us out, get us there. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll evolve to that. I just think at the moment, um, we're just thinking of a piloting opportunity at this point. Yeah, and no, I, I think, you know, when I speak to a lot of brands, it's not something that, you know, everyone's doing. It's a, it's a question on everyone's mind, you know, with Reddit, Instagram, you know, TikTok. Um, but, you know, I think people are experimenting a bit, but I, I don't think that anyone's got the kind of strategy which is rolled out and it's always on, you know, in terms of B2B. But it, it, it's definitely worth considering um, on that. Um, so, so it seems like from speaking to both of you that your program's been running for about four or five years. It, it really does, <laughs> does feel like that. Um, but I know that it's only been up and running for about kind of six months or so. Um, so what, Sal, to your point, when a lot of your colleagues or, or friends haven't got an influencer marketing program, what, what would be your advice to them when they, when they start? I know you said start small, but what other uh, piece of advice would you give them? Well, I mean, try to understand, you know, what your goals are. Um, you know, what are you trying to achieve by, you know, d don't say, oh, I need influencer program and then just, you know, what do I do? I mean, again, they need to understand, okay, so who are the audiences I'm trying to speak to? What's the goal I want to communicate to them? Um, what's the story that you want to tell? And again, you know, and, and what's the best way to tell that story? And, you know, Jamie mentioned earlier, you know, you're going to talk to many influencers where it's just not a good fit, right? So it's it's meeting the, the, the right influencer who is credible, but also has your similar point of view, um, whose followers, you know, are looking for the information you're trying to, to provide. Uh, so you really need to think through the influencer program. It's just not simply just, I need one. Uh, you need to really have goals, et cetera. And, and again, you know, that's where Arnold can really help, you know, any organization. Uh, and Jamie, you talked a lot about you're thinking about when you're engaging an influencer. What is the opportunity potentially a year down the down the line? I think a lot of people engage influencers for kind of like a one-off campaign, but you're clearly thinking long term. How, how do you how would you provide uh, or give advice in terms of how people can build those long-term relationships with influencers? What 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 are some of the tactics that you can you can um, you, you can carry out to be able to, to to get that engagement from people that you know don't have to work with you. Uh, well, you know, I always say, you know, you just got to be happy. Go like, no, I'm joking. Um, I think it's also about your energy, right? And how much you believe in the company. Because if they can feel that, I think it's very apparent if they want to or do not want to work with you. I also think it's important for you to know where you're going to be in six to 12 months. Um, perfect example, Tim, I'm starting to kind of tease out even with some influencers you're working with about, you know, we're re kind of reshaping and, and rethinking um, the podcast that we're doing, perfect example, and, you know, where they might be a good fit in, right? So always having those little teasers of where else they could kind of fit in, right? Not just you're working with us now, it's, hey, we also have something really exciting coming up that maybe you could be part of, I don't know. Um, and I think that that's something is kind of fun too, right? Because every person wants to be part of something that's elite, right? That's, um, they're not part of, right? If you even think of, you know, the crazy like NFT world and all of that, right? It, people want to be part of something that they can't be part of yet, right? So I think that something that you should always think about in your kind of little um, bag of tricks is where else you could see them. Don't just think of them in one area. Um, make them feel like 
you want to spend more time with them, right? Like I, I always bring it back to this dating relationship. I always joke with Joel. It's like a, a dating app sometimes right in the beginning. Um, make sure that they feel the love, right? That they don't feel like, yeah, you know, you had a date with them and it was great. And then you never call them back, right? Um, this is that next step in the dating relationship, right? You know, you call them back, you go on another dinner date and, you know, maybe there'll be a podcast included. I don't know. But I think it's important to give them that love um, and let them know that you're also thinking forward thinking um, and they want to be part of something like that. So um, to me, to me, it's really just making sure that you have extra things, you know, don't just give them one story. Make sure that they see the value in your brand too, because they're going to want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. So yeah, I can, I can imagine a blog post um, that, that, that you could write Jamie in terms of this <laughs> dating analogy and what, and what a fourth or fifth date brings like LinkedIn live and Twitter chat uh, on, on your fifth date um, mm-hmm. uh, and then helping to reshape some of the brand narrative. Um, I think that, I think that could be quite a fun, a fun blog post if you're if you're going back to writing. Um, but I love that. I love the energy and passion that you bring, but also putting out some potential collaborations in the future to to kind of see you know how they could help you shape things. I think that's I think that's really smart because a lot of people are so besotted on you know what to do in the next five to ten weeks that and 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 don't call them back right. Uh, and so it does become that one-off paid engagement where. I know, I know hundreds of influencers that uh, you know, some of them get paid, some of them don't get paid, and some of them get paid but also want to do other stuff to help the brand. Um, so, so you've really tapped into that, which I think is, uh, I, I think is really smart. Um, so, in, in terms of measurement, because we have talked about uh, measurement and sort of touched upon that, I'd love to just ask you what the key metrics are that you use to measure the success of your program. You're, when, when, when someone uh, brings you into a room. Um, I, I don't think people do that anymore. Obviously, <laughs> join an on join an online meeting um, and said, "Okay, can you tell me like you know why this has been successful? Um, what what are the top line metrics that you that you demonstrate to someone that that maybe wouldn't be too familiar with the program?" Yeah, I can uh, I can start with this one. So some of the things we actually have to for our KPIs really is the reach, right? So what the potential reach could be. So where we are currently to date, and then I always think of a current and a future state, right? So where are you currently? I never like to knock where we are, right? So whatever your company has done, I think it's really important you have those KPI conversations too, especially with upper management. Never knock what's happened, right? You never know and you know what predecessor worked really hard to get you to where you are. So I think it's really important when you have that conversation to never say what wasn't working, but where your current state is. Just something that I feel like always works and keeps the conversation more positive rather than negative. Um, and then, you know, where does that future state look like? Um, and so for me, that future state is never, ever, um, I've never put a specific number because you never want to say I can guarantee you 18 million point six, you know, five, 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 right? And then you come in at like 16. I always like to do a percentage, right? So quarter over quarter, as you start to think about, you know, those QBR decks, we, we have them internally, right? You can say, hey, I've grown two to 5%. Well, two to 5% is 20% year over year, right? Uh, so it might found like feel kind of small quarter over quarter, but making sure that when you actually think about your KPIs, they're very specific, almost like when you're doing your smart goals and everyone does those, right? Personally, um, think really specific, but think really achievable and how you can show that success, right? Um, and for me, that makes me feel comfortable to every quarter, right? When I have to report out, right? So my key measurements really are that reach, um, that increase year over year by a percentage. Um, and I do it quarter by, you know, by quarter by quarter and then year over year. 
Um, and then really it's, you know, that engagement. Engagement actually is so much more important to me in a different format, right? Because like I said, you go by that sign, especially all of us who've worked in marketing so many times, you know that feeling, right? You go by that sign and you see that guy and you're like, oh yeah, that guy, Mike, right? But you go by that sign and you're like, Mike, oh yeah, I had a conversation and last week, oh, I got to call him, right? It's an engagement. It's a very different kind of opportunity in marketing, right? So for me, I think engagement means more than reach does um, because that means that they're involved, that that's that business to human touch you're having, you're connecting with. Um, so for me, when I, when I really show my key metrics, I always highlight that, how important that is um, because engagement is a part of adoption, right? So you're adopting a concept and you're engaging. You're not just seeing a concept. So that's very important to me. So that's two of my core KPIs. Um, obviously we have other KPIs that we measure, but those are my top ones. And that's really how I would say, if you're going to line it out for a business unit, those are the, you know, the key things you're trying to achieve. And then of course we have our executive uh, KPIs. We also measure as well that have tactics based upon our influencer marketing program. So it just depends on how you do it. So we have an overarching one, obviously that kind of roll into Sal's overarching main goals. Um, then we have KPIs that roll into kind of our different programs that we're running as well. Great. And uh, it sounds like it sounds like the program's doing extremely well. I know that <laughs> I know that internally it's um yeah you know, it, it, it's it's really successful. So uh, I, I imagine you're just looking at your uh, metrics and uh, and smiling at the moment, Sal. I am. <laughs> Our everywhere workplace report was a huge huge hit. Yeah, and and it just because it was such a wonderful piece of research. Do you have any advice on uh, tactically on how to leverage influences when you produce research? Because a lot of companies produce research and then just looking for you know, for people to promote them. Um, but I know that you sort of integrated uh, influencers a bit earlier on in the process. So I'd love to yeah. hear your advice yeah. on, on on how to do that. Because sometimes it's it's hard to get in there during yeah. the content creation phase, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and and again, luckily I own that kind of area as well, and and so I've always done research as part of my job, as you know, creating these thought leadership reports, and so. Kind of with this one, I wanted to come up with new ways, you know, who, who, what other expert opinions can we get in there? And and right now, the most credible experts or, or some of the most credible experts are some of the influencers, right? They're credible online that, that you know, they, they have their, their own roles and jobs, etc. cetera. Uh, and I just wanted to build in what their point of view was uh, for the everywhere workplace. You know, again, that's Avanti's key areas is we want to be perceived as the, the experts in the everywhere workplace. But understanding what other experts are saying, what they think of our findings, et cetera, just made it a much more interesting report. Because uh, again, everyone gets numbers and research, but again, building in other points of view and other opinions, uh, I think just makes it much more readable and interesting. Great, and I think that really plays to your authentic long-term relationships you've talked about uh, as yeah. well. Thank you so much for this chat. I know that we're, um, I, I know that we're past time. I, I I could speak to you for hours and hours about your program. I love the the energy and the spirit, and I love the fact that it's centralized and and you're just thinking big and um, but not thinking too short-termist as well, um, which I think uh, which I think is is a really great thing to achieve. So thank you so much for for joining us on one of our customer chats, and uh, um, you know, please um, please do uh, so jump on the comments afterwards and engage with uh, some of the people. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure to to talk to both of you. Perfect. Thank Thanks, you for team. having us. Thank Take you care. so much.